to Penny for Your Thoughts. Hello and welcome back. I'm Deirdre. I want to live in a van and travel the world. I'm possibly diabetic and also possibly a hypochondriac. I hate eyes get it's a lena a. I don't want to think that the ivy ought to be elevation day and they actually are the ultimate as can I don't care it's the ill state or for only of me and they I'm even quit of a ikinche even they or they I'm a edge bay. Elena is fluent in pig Latin. That was like my talent that I just really wanted to bust out for you all. I'm so glad that should I happen. Should I translate that to English? Yeah, translate it to English. All right. What I really just said is, hi guys, it's Elena here. I don't think I've watched television for a month because I can't sit still for long enough. And I'm also craving buffalo chicken, even though I'm a vegetarian. Wow. <laughs> so if anyone, I said veg instead of vegetarian. So I did I did get the television. That's okay. I got yeah, that. if anyone's like somewhat proficient in Pig Latin and wants to really go back and fact check me, it's real. I'm not a liar. So She's not a liar. I honestly don't, I think the evolution of me learning that was like when I was little, my parents would whisper secrets, not whisper, they would like, when they were saying something they didn't want me to hear, they'd say it in Pig Latin. Me being my little rambunctious self was like, I'm going to learn this. So I came to them one day and just was like absolutely fluent in it. Like developed this little Russian accent. I don't even know. And they were like, you are not ours. I remember when (laughs) you first told me that you were fluent, which was probably like fourth grade or something. And just being so confused because I I know pig Latin, but I'm gonna have to think it over. Yeah, to be able to which say like word. you're a human. That's most people. I feel. I don't know how. Maybe you have just like the special part in your brain where it really understands languages. No, but it's so annoying because I took four years of Spanish, like went to Costa Rica, and my Spanish is fine at best. I really. Like, I feel like high school and like middle school Spanish is just not enough. I really don't think that I have any predisposition to language. I and also like. Pig Latin isn't totally the acquisition of a new language. It more is just your brain's ability to, like, manipulate words. words. Yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like I'm more of a, like, I do enjoy words. I hate crossword puzzles. Why is this my talent? Why can't I, like, have a photographic memory or, like... You also can make weird stomach noises. I can make weird stomach noises. I'm also double-jointed on my wrist. You know what? I should be grateful. Strange fingers. I am the luckiest girl in the world. Okay, (laughs) something I want to talk about is I feel like you are a hypochondriac, and I think we here on this public forum need to address it. Well, I addressed it. I brought it up. (laughs) (laughs) This is actually my... This is a self-intervention, so... Basically, okay, so basically what's been happening is I've been peeing constantly, like, literally, like, waking up multiple times in the middle of the night, and I used to not be like that. Like, I would pee, like, two to three times a day, max. So when this started how many times? How many times a day are you peeing? Probably at least 10 to 15. I will just say, like, I've had similar... I just think that you're drinking a lot of water. I'm not, though. Like, the thing is, I'll pee, and then I feel like I have to pee, like, 10 minutes later without drinking water. Have we have we gone on, like, antibiotics, you know? Yes, I got tested for a UTI. I, it was negative. They put me on antibiotics. I was on antibiotics for three, two, two times a day for three days. So, six pills total. But even though it came out negative, yeah. I still went on it. And then I got tested again, and it all came out negative. So, who knows what's wrong? Who knows? So I do now feel... I'm going to the doctor tomorrow again, because the guy signed me up for an appointment without asking me. So <laughs> without my consent? But it's totally fine. I'm it's fine. fine. It's fine. Honestly, I probably wouldn't have called and made the appointment anyway, so I'm grateful for that. I have to say it's a mix, because Deirdre, Deirdre does have a lot of ailments that sometimes I do feel like you're just a nervous Nelly. But at the same time, she has a lot of illnesses that are not typical... 
Like, don't you already have... I have Lyme Ma- disease. Everything that I've ever had wrong with me is, like, a very strange thing. Remember yeah. when I had that, like, cyst on my butt? Kyla <laughs> and I have a cyst. Not on and my butt, but my your butt appendix, My appendix. Your cyst in your eyelid. <laughs> you poor girl, honestly. I don't know what's my, going the on. The Lyme disease, everything. Just, just a freak all a over little. the place. It's never, like, I never just get the flu. Like, something, no. it always has to be something weird. I kind of feel like I'm the same way, though. Do you remember when I got a yeast infection on my tongue? <laughs> I do remember that, but you, I feel like you have, like, a very low I do. System. I have a horrible immune system, and I feel like I get all the classic diseases, too. Yeah. I just get also the weird ones. I yeah. pick up some fun little things along the way. Or maybe you just, like, touch too much stuff. I do. I am that kid still who, like, if I'm in a public, say I'm in the grocery store, I'm touching every single thing in the aisle. I am, too. It's so aisle. bad. Also, I can't help I it. I think me and you probably have... Something wrong with I us. think you're diagnosing us because you're a hypochondriac. It's not that I'm a hypochondriac because I, if I'm right, then I'm not a hypochondriac. I don't think there's anything wrong with me. I think I'm perfect. I don't know about that. Well, except for the, the usual. Well, remember, let's, here, here's an example. Once me and Elena were at. Oh my God. The, you don't even know what I'm going to say. We were at Friendlies. <laughs> I can read your mind. We were at Friendlies and this is like. How, I don't know. This was probably a year, year and a half ago. Yeah. yeah. It was like... I don't even know how we ended up there, but we were there and I we brought had... you there because I love friendlies. Okay. But I actually don't like it anymore. Okay. So well, let's never go back. Things changed. But anyway, <laughs> we both had our straw wrappers. Was mm-hmm. that what it was? Or napkin? It was something. It was both, Some honestly. Yeah. And we both were just like talking to each other and then we looked down and we both ripped them up into tiny little shreds and then rolled them <laughs> into balls. <laughs> Who does that? Wait, I have a genuine question for our listeners. If you're just sitting, I even do this with any straw, anything that's in my hand, I rip it into tiny pieces and make little balls and flick them. Do you guys do that too? Or is it just me and Deirdre? Something's up. Also, follow-up question. In the time, okay. Wait, do you also, when you're sipping something, bite your straw like crazy? No, I never do that. Okay, I do that too. So that's different. That's like that's my childish. That's my, okay, teardrop. <laughs> you know I'm so. No, but in this in this time period, we've been talking for what like six minutes. I have my paper here, my notes, and a pencil, and I just doodle this like little <laughs> drawing. It's actually cute. So my mom for Christmas got me this little ring, and it's called the anxiety ring. Aww. And it's, so it has like a big middle part, and then it has three little rings that you can spin around. I'm Whoa. doing it into the microphone, if you can hear. Um, and it's like for people who have anxiety and can't help but fidget with their hands. And it's so good because normally I love wearing rings on my fingers, but my like little hands can't stop fidgeting. So I always take them on and off and on and off. And then I lose them all the time. But this one is the only one I haven't lost. Because instead of taking it on and off, I just spin my little fidgeter. That's cute. And I love that. it solves my problem. I don't own any rings because it makes me feel weird. <laughs> what makes you feel weird about them? They just, like, touch me. They do touch you. But so do your clothes. So does your hair. Yeah, but it's, like, metal and it's, like, I, my yeah. fingers you don't know go what? the right way. You have, you have your right to a decision. One day. One we'll day. Maybe, there. You'll maybe you'll one. get married. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't ever wear my ring because... Deirdre. Maybe I'll make it into a necklace. Oh, that's a nice concept. Or an anklet, perhaps? A toe ring? <laughs> I'm done. Okay. We need to do our check-in. Okay. It's been so long. It's been so long, guys. We don't even know what we're doing. Wait, we forgot how this works. I have something I want to do. Okay. Rapid fire, I want you to tell me the best thing that happened over your winter break. I don't know. Okay, I gotta think. No pressure. Um, I don't know if this was, like, the best thing that happened to me over break, but I enjoyed this a lot. On New Year's, I didn't really have any plans. Mm-hmm. It was, like, kind of, like, up in the air. And then 
I messaged my friend Sophia. Hi, Sophia, if you're listening. <laughs> and she was like, I'm having people over. Come over. This was literally at, like, 8.30 at night. Too. Oh, my like, gosh. I, this was, like, a very last-second plan. And then I came over, and one of her friends, my friend, too, was like, I oh, want to go to a hotel in, <gasps> in Boston. So oh we ended up going God. to a hotel in Boston for free because her sister got the hotel and ended up leaving. Anyway. <laughs> Wait, so you stayed in this hotel? Yeah, the Boston Park Plaza for free. Oh, my God. And it was, like, six of us. We had, like, snacks, like, cheeses and meats and fruit and, like, This is, like, your drinks. dream night. It was so... It was literally so fun. It's so like, fancy. We went outside. There was, like, a little party going on in the lobby. Oh, the confetti and everything. I that. A lot of, like, middle-aged white people, but... That's okay. That was fun. It was fun. <laughs> It was, Wait, a, it was, like, a very unexpected experience. Yeah, and, and I feel like that's your great. favorite thing is, like, when you're not going into a night with these, like, huge expectations of exactly. it's going to be amazing, and then something happens that it yeah, just Yeah, like, I had no plans until, like, 8.30, and yeah. then I got there, and the plan changed immediately, and it was super fun. Did you say it was one of your top New Year's ever? I would say, yeah, probably my number one, because I've oh never really God. done anything crazy for New Year's, and this was just, like, last second, super fun, everyone was really fun. Honestly, and stayed up to like five thirty in the morning. Oh, <laughs> cute! Great. I feel like you'll probably back me up on this, but I generally find any night that has an expectation of like it has to be fun or yeah. like it has to be a party night, I hate it. Like, yeah, I dread my birthday every year. Mm-hmm. I don't like New Year's Eve that much. It just like I don't know. I don't like being told that I have to have fun. I want to yeah. have fun when I'm ready. Well, that's the thing. It's also like you have to make a plan. Mm-hmm. But also understand that the plan could go completely wrong. Yeah, I think that's a good, a good, like, make a plan so you have something set in place. Yeah. It's up to you to make it a good night. True. And And you can do things to put that in place, but then don't force it, kind of. Don't. Exactly. My New Year's Eve one very, this was not the highlight of my break, but I'm still going to tell the story because it's insane. So, me and my boyfriend went to Vermont over winter break, um, and we drove down pretty late at night. We probably left at, like, 5.30. Um, so we're getting there. It's around 11 when we're driving, um, and it was snowing super hard. Like, there was definitely some sort of snowstorm. We could barely see at our window, um, and we were driving to his friend's house, who was already in Vermont, and he took this corner, kind of, that was down a hill, and when he did, our car skidded off the road into this ditch in the woods, and we came maybe a foot from hitting a tree. I am not shitting you. My life flashed before my eyes. Like, I was like, I am going to not come out of this oh the same. God. Like, I'm going to be damaged. Are you damaged? I'm okay. We didn't hit the tree, luckily. <laughs> so we get out of the car, and we're kind of like, oh, shit, what do we do? He starts trying. All he had in the car was a snowboard. So he starts trying Aww. to dig us out of the car, um, out of the hole with a snowboard. And I was like, listen, dude, we are in a ditch in the woods. Like, this is not a choice. Did you call AAA? So listen, we go to call AAA. We don't have service. Oh, my God. Um, this Vermont, is like the start of a horror movie. Literally. Just wait. Middle of nowhere. So, finally, this man emerges, and he's smoking a cigarette, um, and he's not happy. He's pissed, and he's like, this is my yard. Like, what are you doing? Like, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, I said, you know, I'm sorry. We're not from here. There was a snowstorm. We fell off the road. Um, and this man suddenly got really nice and was like, all right, come on, come on inside. <laughs> See, it's the start of a horror movie, guys. Yeah. So, my, my parents brought me up to be very careful. So I, I was thinking, like, I'm not going to this man's home. And Brian was like, no, it's fine. We're fine. We're going. So we go into this guy's home. Um, there are so many children here. Like, there were probably, like, five children just, like, running around the home. Um, also an absurd amount of animals. Oh. Like, I met, there was a bearded dragon, I think two cats and a dog. 
Um, so They're yeah, it up in the middle of nowhere. literally middle of nowhere. Um, and it was kind of a beautiful experience at the end of the night. I <laughs> hugged a little girl goodbye and she said, Aww. I wasn't expecting to make a friend tonight. Aww, how old was she? <laughs> she was probably like seven. Aww. Um, yeah. And this man, he called AAA for us, made sure our car got out, offered us a beer. It was, it was really, wow. it was a wonderful New Year's Eve. Just not where I expected the night was to go. Was there a mother? There was a mother. Okay. Um, she was cool too. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you had an interesting time. I See, yeah. those kind of nights, it's like you're not expecting it to go the way it does, and you make a crazy memory in those nights. <laughs> I can't say if it was negative or positive, but it definitely, like, it was, it was a great story. It was an experience. now you have that story forever, and now it's on the podcast. And, and now it's on the podcast. It. We should, like, find this man and send him a fruit basket. Yeah. Someone get on that. <laughs> yeah, so find him. Call, call your assistant. All my loving fans, do that, please. <laughs> So today we have a pretty interesting topic, something that I think me and Elena probably don't have a lot of authority to talk mm. about this, but at the same time, I think we both have our own opinions, we both have done research, we've talked to other people who have had more experience, and I think it's going to be a pretty interesting topic. So this week we're talking about monogamy versus non-monogamy, which is polyamory. Um, so basically... For those of you who don't totally understand what that is or want a little refresher, um, monogamy is probably what you think about when you think of a classic relationship. I put quotes because you can't see me, and that's what I did. Um, so basically, like, you think of a husband and wife or wife and wife or husband and husband, and it's like, you know, you love this one person, you're in a relationship with them, you're not seeing other people, you're faithful to each other, um, all that. And... In a polyamorous relationship, it is you can love somebody very much, but you also can have other partners. And this can look a lot of different ways. You can right. just have, like, a sexual relationship with other people or emotional relationship or both. Well, I do, I do want to clarify something. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. So polyamory more, I mean, it's, it's different for different people and different relationships, but usually polyamory is used to describe when you have multiple romantic partners. Okay. Or you want to or that's like a part of your relationship mm -hmm. whereas non-monogamy is more of an umbrella turn to explain it can uh polyamory can be a part of that or mm -hmm. it can just be flirting with other people or kissing other people or okay hooking up and just like sex or whatever it is so there's a lot it's it's definitely more of an umbrella term to use non-monogamy whereas polyamory is more specific Although, I'm sure people use them interchangeably. So, like, if you were in a relationship and you came to an agreement that it was going to be an open relationship, so mm -hmm. you two, like, were able to have sex with other people or hook up with other people, but you didn't want this person, like, having feelings for someone else, mm -hmm. would that, so that wouldn't be called polyamory, that would be more just... That would be more non-monogamy, I would okay. say. But, I mean, you can, you can refer to it as that, so yeah. it's kind of, you know, it's kind of gray area. Also, you can't really tell somebody, like that you, they can't have feelings for someone because it doesn't really work that yeah. way. Yeah. Which I think that's, we'll probably get into that later on. That's one of the complications that can come up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do want to talk about some of the history of monogamy and non-monogamy, polyamory and everything. So according to psychologytoday.com in an article by Michael E. Price, the machinery, if this is a quote, the machinery of human maiden behavior was built by and far in a world in which striving for polygamy was often reproductive, reproductively advantageous. So basically this, a long time ago, people were able to 
have more children and this this is built into our dna yeah because the more kids you have the longer your species stays alive etc but Monogamy spread because, this is another quote from the same article, historically, monogamous groups were advantages, but monogamy spread because, another quote, historically, monogamous groups were advantaged militarily over polygamous groups. So, with military, with uh, social and money and marriage, everything, like, by being in a relationship, you were able to make connections with other countries or other interesting and you think so it's more capable like you're more capable of networking and making those connections when you're in a monogamous relationship compared to not right so i guess think about like like um montmarkey okay so you might have your son the prince Mm -hmm. marry a princess or whatever from another country or another area yeah and then now you have military ties to them them, you're kind of all one big kingdom in a way and then if if like polyamory were able to exist that wouldn't be able to work so concretely right because it's more it's more of a social status it's you know it's not it's not necessarily about attraction or about love it's more about society Mm. and power and money and everything and also if you think about it in a way where if you are a man or a woman and you have a lot of kids with a lot of different people. Yeah. Who's supporting your kids? Is there another mm. person that's supporting your kids or is it just you? So if you have one partner and you have you have your kids together, you having money from two different people coming yeah. in and supporting your children and raising your children and everything. And that's something interesting. So I once in a psychology class had a professor explain to me that often um, – women are more threatened or, like, biologically wired to be threatened um, by men having multiple emotional partners rather than multiple sexual partners. So, like, for a woman, um, it might be easier for them to accept, like, a man that they're in love with um, having sex with someone else Mm -hmm. rather than having an emotional connection with someone else um, just because historically um, it's the thought of, like, resources you know like if if someone cares deeply for somebody else who's not you that their resources might be funneled further into that other person than yourself exactly and then for men it's more sexual relationships Mm -hmm. that they find more threatening than romantic relationships um because it's this like biological um them like they don't want somebody else impregnating right i was gonna say it probably has to do a lot with pregnancy yeah which i thought you're pregnant by another person you're not going to be with the same person anymore. Because, exactly. I mean, for the most part, obviously. Um, so, as I was researching this, I find it very, very hard to find any data on polyamory or non-monogamy on college students. Mm. And it was honestly very hard to find any data on really anybody in non-monogamous or polyamorous relationships. I think it's becoming more of a common thing in our society but it's still not researched about a lot or talks about a lot and it's not really expected Mm. and I think especially for older generations would probably come as a big shock if your child or whatever was in a polyamorous or non-monogamous relationship um so I actually have a close friend here at school um who used to be a very, I mean, still is a very relationship-oriented person and used to be a very, very monogamous person and almost, like, a little bit jealous and all that. Um, And she recently started, like, exploring the ideas of polyamory and actually found it really 
interesting and like mm-hmm. something that was very good for her. Um, and this is like a quote from a text she sent me. Um, she said, it can be fun. Exploring new ways of relating consciously is really exciting and really a huge growth experience, um, which I thought was a cool way of looking at it. Cool. Um, and she was almost saying too that when you have a partner that you trust your connection with so deeply mm-hmm. that you're not threatened by them connecting to someone else and you know that them caring about someone else and connecting with someone else doesn't take away from what they have with you. I yeah. think that is like a really powerful thing. I think, yeah, and I think that's what's super important about a non-monogamous relationship is that you have to have trust mm-hmm. in order to do that because if you don't trust this person and you can't be honest with this person and you can't talk and set guidelines and it's probably not going to work and the other thing is that I think this is a big misconception that an open relationship or a non-monogamous relationship is just a free-for-all where it's really not that at all in Mm. almost every circumstance if two people are in a relationship and they decide to open their relationship up in whatever way they're going to set and they should set guidelines, rules, yeah, absolutely. where they can say, you can have sex with other people, but you have to use a condom. Or you can have sex with other people, but it can't be somebody I know. Or you have to tell me before. Or whatever it is, it's mm. just this constant communication that I think, if done correctly, can build a relationship to be very, very strong. And the trust in the relationship to also be very, very strong. As well as the communication. One thing I will say, just from my personal experience that has always piqued my curiosity about this is, like, personally, I definitely do consider myself, like, a pretty monogamous person, and, like, I know when I'm personally in a relationship, like, I don't usually have those feelings about other people as strongly, and, like, the thought of my partner doing something like that, like, makes me want to throw up a little. (laughs) So, well, I'm just curious if that's something that's, you know, innately in me, and if that's biological and just the way I am and that's fine or if that's something that's just because I was raised and I was only exposed to monogamous relationships and that in my mind is what the definition of love is and that's why it scares me so much I feel kind of similarly where like I'm definitely interested in trying to be in a non-monogamous relationship but at the same time I do see myself as like a somewhat jealous person Mm -hmm. and I can see like myself being so distraught by the idea of my partner having sex with or having a crush on somebody else yeah but it's also like I don't know like another part of me is like well I know that you can experience attraction to other people without having them be like someone of importance like True. you can I've been in relationships where I thought oh like they're cute or whatever it is and that's totally normal you get like I so many people I know that are in relationships are like oh they're cute or I have a crush on them and it's not like a serious thing yeah but it's like you, you do get little crushes here and there and Maybe you do want to flirt, but you hold yourself back because, you know, it will hurt your partner. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, the important thing to make the non-monogamous relationship work is that it's not like you find out your partner had sex with somebody and didn't tell you and did it behind your back and knew Mm. you would be hurt. It's 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 opening up that trust. Right. So it's like, I'm going to do this, and you're, you're saying, okay, that's okay. And I think at first it would be something hard. Yeah. But I can also see it becoming more comfortable mm. and understanding, like, oh, my partner just had sex with this person, but they still love me, and they're still coming home to me, and they're still calling me when they're upset or when yeah. they got good news or whatever it is. So I but think But what about like, in a case of polyamory where it's your partner loves a lot of people and, like, yeah. you know, how – I don't know how I could justify, like, if my partner was choosing to spend time with someone else and they were in a relationship mm-hmm. instead of me, like – 
this might sound a little horrible, but if I'm in a relationship with someone, like, I want to feel like I'm their person. Like, I'm yeah. their priority. I'm the person when they call, when they get news, you know? And yeah. I don't want to share that. Like, I think... See, I, I agree with that. I think that that would be very difficult for me, but I also think that not everybody is meant to be polyamorous. Mm. And so I listen to um, Just Between Us podcast, and Gabby Dunn, who is one of the women on the podcast, often talks about her non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. And she even has said that she doesn't believe that everybody can be non-monogamous or polyamorous. And her partner on the podcast, Alison Raskin, she is in a monogamous relationship. She said that she can never see herself being in a polyamorous relationship. And I think that that's just how some people are. I think yeah. some people are somewhere in the middle. Some people are totally have all this love in their heart and want to give it away to as many people as they can. Which, like, I do feel like I am like that, but I just don't need to do that in a romantic way. I think another thing is, like, that I think about when I know even other polyamorous people think about is the time. Like, it's already hard with one partner to make time for that. That's so true. Having multiple partners that are somewhat serious. Like, how the fuck could you do that? It's too much. It's way too much. So I think it really is, like, a balance, and I believe... The thing is, with polyamory, you usually have, like, your main partner, and then you have other little side partners, or whatever Mm. it is. You might have a throuple, or... Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is, you know? Like, you might open up your relationship in... To, like, have a little girlfriend on the side, or whatever it is, but that doesn't mean that they take your spot, or... Yeah. You know? And I will say, like... You know, that feeling of, like, a new love and connecting to someone super deeply for the first time also is a really, really amazing feeling. Mm-hmm. And that, like, I can understand how, like, somebody who's in a relationship could still long for that experience and want to experience that, but that doesn't yeah. take away from their love from their partner. But I just, I think the most important thing is that if you are thinking about engaging in this, that both partners need to be equally as into it. Yes, definitely. Because if one of them is like, yes, I want to do this, like, it's really important to me, the other one's like, okay, I guess. You know, that's going to be a shit show because... And I also think if you do decide to take the chance, even though one or both parties are a little bit unsure, it's super important to have, like, actual rules set up. Like, write it down. Put it in, in a Google Doc. Like, write it down somewhere that you can see it and you can refer back to it because there's so much room for miscommunications or doing something that hurts the other person Mm. and if you're especially when you're just starting out the main thing is to understand that your partner could not be okay with something yeah and also have have the ability to change that add add something to the rules or take something out of the rules if things change and you know, with time, you'll learn what works for you guys. Yeah. And it may not work at all. Yeah, and maybe, like, if if it's something that you really feel like you need and something that your partner really doesn't want and makes them uncomfortable, then, like, maybe that's something, a level that you two aren't compatible on and just not a great choice. I found, like, a kind of silly stat. Um, and it was saying here that nearly um, one in five people under 30 have engaged in sexual activity with someone who they weren't dating with the knowledge of their partner. Um, so that's about 20%. Um, but then I found another statistic saying that 85% of people stated that it would make them feel very uncomfortable or they would not be okay with their romantic partner engaging in a sexual activity with someone, someone else. 
um, that's from ERLC, but I just was doing the math there. Yeah. And I was like, all right, so there are people who have done this, but it makes them deeply uncomfortable, or their partner deeply I, uncomfortable. I think that that is where it comes into play, where it's like, is this because of my social standards or just because of who I am as a person? Yeah. Where it's like, I think you, when you think of that, like when I think, oh, my partner is going to be having sex with or doing whatever with somebody else, immediately my brain is like, no. Yeah. And gets all, like, upset and all mad and whatever. But when I think about it in the sense of, like, well, they're going to be honest with me. They're going to be explaining it to me. I've experienced attraction to other people. I've been in a relationship and had little tiny crushes on other people Mm -hmm. or flirted with other people even though I knew, like, probably shouldn't. Like, just, like, little, little tiny, tiny things that are just, like, natural and come out so easily. And I think in order to get past the point of, like, being uncomfortable with it is definitely, like, something you need to talk about and Mm. also have trust. And I think a lot of people lack that. That's what it comes down to, yeah. And also, like, I was thinking, too, like, trust is the most important thing in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And you need to be truthful. Communication. And you need to communicate. So then, like, I've definitely dated uh, someone who, like, probably wasn't built to be in a monogamous relationship, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, who, who just, like, had those feelings of attraction towards other people and like mm-hmm. I feel like where it gets messy is when you can't communicate that and like you can't be trustworthy you can't tell your partner that right um and that's where cheating happens and cheating right. is like a breaking of trust that you really can't rebound from mm-hmm. so I do have to wonder like if you were honest about that from the start and it was you know your partner had some warning if it would be a little bit less terrible or mm-hmm. if it would still sting just as bad well bringing up cheating I do have a statistic from Psychology Today, mm-hmm. and nearly 20 to 25% of ever-married men admit, admitted to cheating on their wives, and 10 to 15 of ever-married women between 1991 and 2008 admitted to cheating on their husbands. Like, Jesus! That makes me feel upset so deeply thing, the and thing scared. Is, I think that as humans, for most people, or a good amount of people, monogamy isn't really built into us that's why hmm. a lot of people in relationships do find other people attractive yeah i guess that's and they true. might not act on it they might know better but which kind of leads me more to that monogamy is an institutionalized concept it's not right. something that we're born right. to and that goes back to crave. the to the monarchies and stuff where yeah where your son and this daughter from another country come together so that you guys can gain more power and work together to defeat the forces I don't know (laughs) but one thing I will say is I I do feel like it's kind of human nature to seek this security and definitely to me at least you might disagree a monogamous relationship feels much more secure like a non-monogamous relationship I almost just feel like it would feel very out of my control and I'm like what if my partner falls deeper in love with this person? Like, what, yeah. you know? All these things can happen well, and it just feels safer. That's why I guess it's, like, you make rules. So I think for me, I think if I were to try out to be, like, in a non-monogamous relationship, I wouldn't want it to be... I wouldn't want my person to hook up with somebody that I know. Mm-hmm. I would want them to always use protection. I would want them to always tell me, but I probably wouldn't want any details at all. I was going to say, I, you want them to, I, I no. I, I don't like, know I, if I'd want them to I want to cry me, just thinking about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. But do you also, like, here's the thing for me, it's like, part of me is like, oh, I don't know if I can do that, but another part of me is like, 
but would I want to be married and have sex and, like, be with the same person for the rest of my life? Like, I feel like I can't imagine myself ever being at a point where I'm okay with that. Like, yeah, you can have, like, amazing sex with the person you're with and love them so deeply, but at a certain point, like, think 10 years in, you're not a little bit bored? Like, I don't think so. Like, I don't... I don't think I find casual sex exciting. Like, I don't find it better than sex, you know? I don't either, though, but that's still, it's still in my mind. It's more of, like, the thing that I think is, affects me the most. But then, then spice up your sex life at home. Like, do, try some, (laughs) yeah, but we could use different toys and do whatever, but that doesn't mean that. It's still, like, the excitement of, like, being attracted to someone, flirting with someone. And that's the eye thing. contact across the room. Falling in love for the first time is literally the best right. feeling in the whole but world. even just, like, lust. Like, even, yeah, like... Yeah, like, attraction and, like, and flirting. Right. And, and I'm definitely not somebody who's, like, super into casual sex or anything. But I do love that, like, oh, we know we're attracted to each other. And yeah. there's sexual tension and whatever whatever it is. Like, we made eye contact from the cross room at the party. And I knew that there was something there. And, yeah. Like, the way we smile at each other. It's like, you see it in our eyes. Like... That's the kind of thing that I like, mm-hmm. and I feel like after you're with somebody for years or however long, you probably, you definitely lose that a little yeah. bit, at least a little bit. But it's also like, I don't know, like, it goes both ways, I guess. And I think I think just the important thing to remember is that, you know, whether you're into this or you're not into this, it's totally fine, and just... To look at both sides with, like, an open mind and non-judgmentally. You know, mm-hmm. don't don't judge yourself. Don't judge your partner. Just try to – if it's something that could work for you, great. Like, go for it. Give it mm-hmm. a shot. Like, connect with other people. Try it. But if it's something that makes you want to cry or murder someone, <laughs> then you don't have to do it. Like, exactly. then don't. And I think that although this might not be the case for most people – but if you find yourself struggling to not cheat on your partner, mm. then maybe it's a conversation you want to have with your partner or even with yourself or another friend or a therapist or whatever it is and just be like, why Why is this happening to me? I'm attracted to my partner. I love my partner. But I still am having trouble being with just one person. True. And because I think, not being a monogamous person does not make you a bad person no, at, at all. all. But it does but make cheating. you a bad person. So I think it's really, really important to have that conversation with yourself and your partner and whoever else around you, because if you decide, oh, maybe I am a non-monogamous person, maybe I can't be in a monogamous relationship happily because it's just not how I am, then I think you need to either work that out with your partner or if your partner thinks that they can't do that, leave your partner and try to find somebody eventually who is polyamorous or non-monogamous and will be in a happy relationship with you where there's trust and communication and yeah. you both understand what you're doing. There's no cheating. There's no lying. Because if you're lying and cheating, you're not connecting to your partner. Right. And you're being terrible. There's no there's no trust you. there. Even, <laughs> if, even if your partner doesn't know that you're cheating on them, there's no trust. Like, yeah. It's not a deep relationship. Like, it's... Right. No, it's just not. And it, it can't be. You know, and I... Obviously, mistakes happen sometimes, but if you can't own up to the things that you've done and you can't be that person for your partner that your partner expects you to be, then it's probably not a relationship you should be in. I agree. All right. That was was a great talk. I love that we just did that. Wait, do you want to say something? Okay. And I also think that cheating, because it's so... Also, I do want to mention this. I feel like for me personally, something that I want with a partner 
is like to be able to understand that you have attraction to other people or that you might have like a little crush on somebody else and not everybody's like that but I think I'm like that even if it's it's most likely never something serious but it might yeah. just be like oh they're cute and like they smile at me like yeah or I see them staring at me across from across the table whatever it is like yeah. little tiny things that I want even if we don't really necessarily talk about it but just know and have that understanding with my partner that this is something that exists because otherwise it's almost like it's almost like I feel like guilty that like even like inauthentic like Like you're like living in a bubble and you're like I will never let eye contact exactly it's like I will never be attracted to somebody else even though you can't really help that yeah so it's like I I have friends that are in a relationship a very happy healthy relationship yet they still think other people are cute yeah and they they'll say it and they'll be like oh my god they talk to me but it's like it's not a serious thing it's just they're not going to act on it yeah but still like they do have that attraction and they do like the attention or whatever it is yeah and I think it's important to acknowledge that that could be the case in a relationship and that doesn't necessarily mean you need to be polyamorous or non-monogamous but it does mean that just don't just don't try to hide it don't lie about it don't be like exactly I only have eyes for you baby right exactly (laughs) it's just unrealistic yeah and, you know, we're all guilty of the occasional eye flirt, you know? Just, yeah. Just try to rein it in. Exactly. Be respectful. Exactly. <laughs> you, you decide with your partner what's acceptable. Yeah. If you are allowed to do some flirting, do some light flirting, you know? <laughs> if not, then hold it in. Hold write it in, in your diary. Write it in. Write, tell your best friend, but... <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, I guess for our next segment... Yeah. Usually, we do a game here, but... Today, we're going to talk about our We're goals. done playing games today. Yeah, we're done we're with done. the games. Get the shit. We're done. <laughs> we're no, doing but- <laughs> Are these our goals for the semester, the year? What's the word here? I mean, it's a little bit of both. Okay, cool. So, um... Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I wrote down, like, a pretty good amount. Um, some of them are, like, very specific. Some are very broad. But I'll start with the first one I wrote down. For probably... This is probably for the year... Okay. But I really want to write a short film and produce it. That's something I've wanted to do for years, and I don't really know where to start. Also, I'm so lazy, and I never start writing, and I don't even know, like, I don't even know. I have some ideas, but my ideas are, like, so intense that I could just never make them into an actual film at this uh-huh. point in my life. I think it'd be so cool if you it did, though. I want to so bad. So that's my goal for the end of this year. Also, get good grades, learn more take more risks, which yeah. just, like, push myself. Good one. Do more activities, meet more people. Um, actually work out, <laughs> which has not really happened. Uh, it's happened once. Dear I don't think I've ever seen you in an exercise facility in my life. Okay, that's excessive, because we did <laughs> We did fit calls and country together. Oh my god, we did, you're so, right. that's excessive. <laughs> but I do want to work out. It's hard because I have, like, hip problems from Lyme disease, and I need to go to physical therapy, but I just have never made the appointment because you could look up like probably. hip exercises and yeah, then do them at the gym after like, you run or something, or don't no, even run. Like, it's painful, like it's painful to even sleep. So like I don't know, okay. I gotta I gotta actually make the appointment. I've been holding it off for like five months now. Good. <laughs> um, and then I also wrote meet more friends and practice mindfulness activities Aww, like painting, so cooking, writing, even. Probably more like painting and drawing and stuff cool. because I just feel like it focuses me and takes my mind off of things that my mind doesn't need to be thinking about. I love that. Thank you. All right. 
So for my goals, um, first of all, I made a tangible list of like self-care things that I feel like I need to be doing every single day. Um, I'll read it out loud for inspo, but I feel like I tried to make it very, very specific and manageable so that I don't really have an excuse to not do it mm-hmm. every day. Um, Send me that too so I can practice yeah. it too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is, it says always sleep at least seven hours a night on a day that you have work or school the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, take your meds, even if you feel fine. Eat at least three meals a day. Clean your room once a week. Take one hour a day of personal time. Um, don't fill every second of the day. Say no if you don't want to do something or don't have time to do it. Exercise at least five times a week. Yoga is good. I like how that's Elena's and mine's actually work out. <laughs> <laughs> um, try to take at least two cold showers a week. They're supposed okay. to be good for you. Why not? <laughs> and make time for treatment exercises and readings. Aww. So, yeah, that's those are things that. I'm trying to do. Also, this sounds like a kind of weird counterintuitive goal, but anyone who knows me knows it's necessary. Um, my other goal is to relax. Um, and just like, I feel like a lot of the time I have a lot of expectations for all the things that I should be doing and, you know, like every second of the day. Um, and I'm just trying to take more time to like appreciate what I'm doing. Yeah. I think you definitely need that. When you said two of those, you said don't fill every second. Literally. It is a chronic problem. Yeah. And also say no to things if you don't have time or don't want to do it. I think you definitely need to, yeah. But whereas I need to do the opposite. <laughs> it's good. I feel like we, we're yin and yang. We balance each other. Exactly. It's perfect. Um, so it's time for our next segment. All right. This is, this is our, our shower thoughts. Shower thoughts. Wow. We usually have a little effect come in, but like we don't even need we it. We don't even need the effect. We're, we're an acapella. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Elena told me to try out for the acapella Did team. I actually? Oh. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> Did you do it? No. Fun fact, I tried a fr- acapella freshman year and they cut me, so. Yeah, so I think she's just trying to live through me. I was trying to live through you. I wish you got I would never make it. Tell me what it was like to be an insider. I would never make it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even want to. Teardra. What? That's not nice. Well, I'm going to make you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Back to our shower thoughts. Our shower thought for today is. Do grades matter? Good question, Alina and Deirdre. <laughs> Do grades matter, Deirdre? Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> That's the first thing I've written down, but honestly... I, I literally think, have the exact same thing written down. I think in high school, this is like my philosophy, in high school, grades really do not matter nearly as much as people want them to, mm. because unless you're trying to get into like Harvard or something, which is which a waste of money anyway, then there's really no point in like stressing so much over grades and like test scores and everything because it just really does not matter that much if you're going to a state school or you're trying to just get into like an average school like it really doesn't matter but also at the same time you don't want to do terribly you want to have decent Mm. grades but it's just not something that you need to be stressing about constantly in my opinion so this is something I feel really strongly about. Um, cause if any of you didn't know, I'm a special ed major. So, like, I think a lot about grades um, and academics and all that. And I do definitely think that we live in a society that grades do matter. You know, grades dictate if you get into college. Grades dictate if you go to grad school, where you go to grad school. Grades are, like, a reflection of success right now. Um, and I definitely don't agree with that. I think that we live in a world where we need to measure tangible success with something. So this was kind of like an arbitrary thing. 
But I think that grades are a measurement of a very specific kind of intelligence. Right. And that means very little to me. Which, for me, I definitely do not have that kind of intelligence. I think that I'm a very smart person. You are. And I can do, thank you. I can, like, <laughs> write essays well. I can write stories well. That's why I'm a journalism major. Yeah. But if I'm going to have to do, like, some something I don't care about, like, my brain literally does not work like yeah. that. It never has since, since honestly, like, elementary school. Yeah. Like, I've always been pretty smart, but my brain just, I have a hard, hard time focusing. If something's boring to me, I have an even harder time focusing. If I am not fully invested in it, then I really, I don't know. Like, it's just not how my mm-hmm. brain works. Whereas some people, their brain works more like that and is less, like, intelligent in other ways yeah which I think is fine and like I don't understand how it's beneficial for literally anyone to be forced to fit into one specific Mm -hmm. binary of intelligence like think of how many people you've met that you know are maybe like the kindest most empathetic person in the world and could talk to anyone and connect to anyone but Mm -hmm. maybe they can't do math problems and like who cares they weren't built to do math problems that's not their thing and like why are you forcing them to do it and then judging them on their failure like I can't do math at all I'm terrible at math but I'm good at English I'm good at social studies I know a lot of stuff that other people don't know about things that have nothing to do with school that you wouldn't learn in school anyway and I can talk about it for like hours on end like just like stuff that you you wouldn't need for school if you I guess and I guess that's where the high school thing comes into play because as a high school student you're just learning general stuff you don't get to decide if you want to mostly do English-related stuff or social studies or science or math, you really don't have a choice. You have to do all of it. So I think that's why I say, like, in high school, your grades do not matter nearly as much as they do in college unless, I mean, unless you're trying to get into a really good school. And obviously they matter to an extent because if they you're trying to They do try, matter. I mean, no matter college, where you're trying to go, they you're judging right. your grades. That's what but, they look at. But you don't have to have, like, the most amazing grades to get into a good school. I definitely didn't do that well in high school, especially, like, my freshman and sophomore year. And those – your freshman and sophomore year count for double the credits, at least in our high school, double the credits as your junior and senior year. I didn't even know that. Yeah, so, like, I did really bad freshman year, and I didn't care. I was, like, in my, like, rebel phase and everything. <laughs> and then I realized, like, I screwed myself over because I got way better grades junior and senior year but didn't it didn't it didn't matter as much because the credits counted for so much less. So I guess it's just like a matter of what you want to do. And if you're trying to go to college in general, they they definitely play a role. Yeah. But they don't play as much of a role I think as our society expects of us. Yeah. I don't think you need to get all A's and like the best possible score on your SATs in order to be smart and be successful and get into a good school. I agree. And I think there's too much pressure on that. Whereas in college, for example, obviously you have to take your gen eds and stuff, but most of my classes right now are classes that I want to take. I'm taking Spanish. I wanted to take Spanish. I'm taking other journalism classes that I wanted to take. It's my major. And if you were failing them, I'd probably be like, hmm. Yeah, I'd probably be like, well, maybe this isn't for me. What do I like? What am I good at? Yeah. This is what I'm good at, and I'm doing well in those classes. Whereas when I took a math class last year and when I took a science class last semester, I didn't do as well, and I didn't really care as much. So it didn't mm. – I don't know. It's just like if, I don't, if I don't want that, if I don't care, and if it's not how my brain works, then I'm not going to do as well. But the one thing I will say is, like, yes, I understand that, like, classes in your subject – 
you know, obviously, like, should go better, but some, like, maybe it's just because I'm a little trained to think this way, but, like, what about the people who just aren't typical learners, you know, like, even if you're taking class and what you think is the most interesting thing in the world, if you have, like, an executive functioning issue, mm-hmm. which I kind of feel like we both do, and, you know, like, <laughs> you See, can't, I mean. you can't budget paper. your time, like, you can't sit still, that's just not how you learn, you need yeah. to be doing something, you need to be talking to people, like, it's still, your grades are going to reflect that, lack of metacognition and like I don't think that that's a fault or well, that's why I think that like you said I think we both have a little bit of that my major is journalism and my major is literally that like you go out and you talk to people you yeah. do something like I'm taking a food writing class right now and I made a charcuterie board for Aww. the first time and I had a great time making it and <laughs> it was so fun like it was literally yeah, like fun you were doing me. something I was proud of it and then I got to write a story about it and writing the story like typically I wouldn't be so focused, and I was just, like, so focused on writing because I was interested in it. I am interested in it. I was proud of it, and it's just, like, you, in my my particular major, and I know it's different for a lot of other majors, but I'm doing stuff that I like to do, so it just makes it go by so much easier. Okay. Even in the times that it might not be easy to sit down and focus, it's still, like, if I'm sitting down and focused to write a, sitting down and focusing to write a story about something that... I really care about it's going to be a lot easier for me to do well on that than if I'm sitting down to do math homework okay fine or fair. science homework yeah I agree all right I feel like we had some amazing conversations today um I'm so happy to be back back so happy I'm so happy to be back and I just want to say thank you guys so much for listening thank to you petty for your thoughts <laughs> bye